Hello, beloved listeners, and welcome to Snake People at the Movies, film criticism by people who actually like film. Join us as we dive into movies we love, movies we respect, and movies we wish we could unsee. It's the podcast where we talk about growing up and living queer, nerdy, and depressed online and at the cinema. From the kids who know the real blood-sucking fiends are the capitalists, it's Sneeple at the Movies. I'm Maddie. And I'm Ezra. Uh, and this is going to be, first of all, Happy Halloween! Uh, this is actually coming out before Halloween, but that's fine. <laughs> this is the Halloween Yeah, episode. well, ha- Halloween is an off week for us. That's right. This is what you get. And besides, you, I'm, I'm sure all of you delightful people can make your own Halloween fun. Because um, we're going to be off doing all sorts of spooky bullshit. That's right. Um, <laughs> that's my new uh, preferred thing. <laughs> sounds like a threat when I say it. <laughs> that's right. Oh, God. I mean, yes, yes, it kind of does. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I love you anyway. Um, so you may notice Helena's not with us. That's okay. We're going to be doing something similar to what we did for the Star Trek episode. So we'll have uh, half the episode will be uh, Ezra and I, and then the other half will be Helena and I. So, uh, you are just gonna get two kind of slightly different episodes kind of smooshed together in a delightful episode sandwich. Yeah, ha- halfway through, basically, uh, Helen is going to tag me out and uh, probably yell about Dracula adaptations like a lot. So, yes. stay tuned yes. for that specifically because <laughs> this week we are doing vampires. It's the vampire episode. I've been talking about like Halloween. I want to talk about Fright Night, and I was like, "How can I make it so I can talk about Fright Night?" And I was like, "Well, vampires." So um, I strong armed them into doing this episode with me. And I mean, everybody agreed. So yeah, I was uh-huh. gonna say you didn't have you didn't have to like twist that hard. No, because vampires are fun. Vampires are real fun, and we'll we'll get more to that in a sec. Um, yeah. Real quick, what we've seen, uh, I have seen a bunch of stuff. I saw, oh, I started my Rotten Tomatoes challenge. That's the hey, most important Hey, good for you! Yes, Ben and I watched Logan, um, from, which is 2017, I think. Yeah, I think that's Logan right. still holds up just phenomenally well. That movie is like... That movie's good as hell! Yeah, um, my roommate watched it with us and she had never seen it before. <gasps> and she was just like... Yeah, no, no. She was like, that was really oh, good. nice. And also, like, fuck you guys. And I was like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I cried, and Amanda cried, and Ben was like, are you crying? And I was like, yes. And he was like, okay, that's fine, because I'm also tearing up. And I was like, okay, good. We're all fucking crying right now. Um, oh, yeah, so after this is, I have to watch uh, The Missing Link, which is that animated movie. I This is the thing I want to see least on this oh, whole Oh god, fucking I fucking forgot about that, because we definitely did not uh, exclude voice-only performances from this. No, no, I have to see it, and I don't want to was so the, badly. That, well, boy, that was the hubris of man. <laughs> I know, that's the second thing on the list, so it can't be that bad, but also I just watched Logan. <laughs> How is that the Logan. second highest fucking rated movie that uh, Hugh Jackman, Jackman has ever been in? Like, that I seems... Don't know. Un- fucked up if true i guess is what (laughs) that just seems like a fucked up if true yeah well after that it's a bunch of like x-men movies so okay i bet has also said he would join me for those so i have to slog through a bunch of the x-men stuff which is fine i love wolverine more than i love 
myself, so it's fine. <laughs> Uh, that sentence just came forth from me, the fountain of youth. <laughs> there the was, there truth. was no, yeah that that was that was uh, truth coming out of her well to shame you Many specifically. Kind, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also, I realized after we watched it, I was like, oh, it's only literally will only get worse from here, and that's when I had the full realization of what I signed up for. <sighs> yeah, I'm Boy, so <laughs> I'm definitely I am definitely starting mine this week. I need to get a hold of a DVD of Crazy Heart. Um. I have some, I definitely have, like, Colin Farrell has been in, a, like, a fair amount of quite good films, um, so I have, I have a ways to go before it starts to become a, a true test of loyalty, I think. Let me know when you get, there's this movie with him and Nicole Kidman that takes place in, like, some, like, southern school for girls. Um, ah, yes! I saw uh. it with Higu and Stan. Because we were like, I bet this is going to be some, like, scary cult shit. They're going to, like, eat him or whatever. And that's not, spoiler alert, that's not what happened. And I was fucking bummed about it. But I want to talk I about have, it. I have also seen that movie. So I will oh, be, okay, that'll great. be a rewatch for me. And I would be yeah. super happy to watch it with you. Yeah. I just want to complain about it while we watch it. <laughs> that's totally legitimate. Honestly. I, yeah. Was, the movie was something different than what I thought it was going to be. And therefore, I guess that's legitimate grounds to complain. I don't know. I mean, that that movie was like, I was hoping it was going to be more fucked up than it ended up being. Yeah, right? I was like, just I like generally be some like, this is going to be some wild shit. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I hope they're all like evil witches or something. I don't know. And then they weren't. No. And it was a bummer. Nah. Oh, well. <sighs> anyway, uh, if you don't know what our Rotten Tomatoes challenge is, we talked about it in our director's episode. Um, I think we start talking about it nine minutes in, and it lasts till about 15 minutes in, so go give that a listen. Um, all the rules are in there, so we're basically taking an actor's filmography and watching from best to worst <laughs> and seeing how long we can survive. I it's it's, it's going to be it's yeah it's going to be very fun. So, um Maddie obviously picked uh Hugh Jackman. Huge Jacked Man. Yeah. Huge Jacked Man. Um <laughs> I picked, <laughs> that's that's only during only only when he's uh playing Logan though. Yeah. Um yeah. I I picked Colin Farrell and uh Helena picked Hugh Grant. So, yeah. Um there's there's <laughs> a, a lot cast. of there's a lot of uh, questionable film making decisions coming our way in the fairly near future, listeners. So uh, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a ride you're going to want to join us on. <laughs> ben kept listing Hugh Jackman movies that he thought were bad, and every single time I was like, I actually kind of liked that one. And he just looked at me, and I think he realized why I picked Hugh Jackman. <laughs> he was like that really uh, long movie that was just called Australia, and I was like, Yeah, I liked Australia. And he was I like, genuinely and enjoyed Guardians Australia, movies. and I was like, I own the Rise of the Guardians movies, and he was like, What the fuck is wrong with you oh my god like, all right listen to me <laughs> i don't have an excuse i was depressed and that movie came into my life at the right time i don't know dude i don't have anyway. an excuse and i don't need one <laughs> that's right um cool so i watched logan uh rewatched the martian which is still so good god i love uh, that i, movie. Read I watched that again. not that long ago yeah uh and then last night i did a double feature of uh the original halloween by john carpenter and fright night which is relevant to this episode and that actually is my unusual double feature for this episode because like that actually was really fun um oh nice <laughs> to have something that was like a really tense like slasher and then go for something that was also very tense and also like kind of bloody and gory but like for a different reason yeah it had a lot of the same, like, oh god, like, we're trapped in the house with it. 
um, oh god, he's, like, right there and we don't see him. Like, a lot of those similar kind of themes in a totally different setting and, like, a totally different vibe. Um, also, I had never seen Halloween, and I got real spooked by it, but I know Fright Night tw- uh, 2012 pretty well, so uh, it, that was, like, a good cool down for me. So <laughs> good good palate cleanser. Right, and also I don't find monster movies as scary, so you could watch them with whatever order you see fit, but um, that's what yeah. I did, and I'm glad I did it like that, so anyway, that's nice. what I've seen. I've seen nothing but in my defense um i've never seen anything in my life no um <laughs> what what's a movie why am i on this podcast in my defense How did i get here i basically started reading again um so i read a bunch of like actually quite good fiction novels and i am finally after years of putting it off reading um king leopold's ghost which is about Ooh. the fucking just mind-boggling levels of atrocities that took place in the Belgian Congo. So, you know, a little a little light reading this uh autumn, but I read um a book called That in- is this that inevitable Victorian thing by um I really need to read that. Ah, I can't remember the author's name right this second. I will google it real fast. But it um this novel uh Leia recommended it to me because it started its life way back when um as I shit you not North and South Pacific Rim fan fusion fan fiction which is like as an idea fucking rules like that's the what, coolest thing anyone's ever come up with this is one the single coolest thing anyone has ever come up with and two like just the level at which that is laser targeted to Maddie and I is like mm-hmm. actually offensive. <laughs> I know. Apparently, the the book is not a lot like the original source material. Yeah, it has very little makes to sense. do with it. Um, but I'm also like, where's the original source material? Can I get at that? Can I read I mean, it? I swear to God, I'm seriously considering like writing a fan letter to E.K. Johnston and just saying, um, hey, I loved the shit out of this book, but also like if you needed to know who the target audience for North and South Pacific Rim fusion fan fiction is, it's literally me. Um, that's like two of my favorite things. If I promise not to show it to anyone ever, can I have it? Yeah, yeah. I will show it to my one person I share things with, which I think all people should have is yeah. like I, my one person I tell secrets to. Yeah, I exactly. Say I won't. Yeah, and that's that's you and I. It is. It's that's you and I. Fucking that. This book has a three point two rating on Goodreads, which like I guess if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But like I fuck loved you. it. But if it's not it your was, thing, fuck you. It, it's a re- yeah, exactly. It's a really it's a really cool thing where the. The story itself is very small. It is very intimate and circumscribed. Um, and mm, it's all like about the little south. details, like North and South. But the sense that you have of the larger world in which it takes place is fucking fascinating. And, and it's huge and expansive. And the balance between those two things is really interesting. Um, you should check it out. Uh, I would do a plot summary, but just explaining the concept takes like 12 minutes. Um, and that's not the subject of this podcast. So go yeah. Google that inevitable Victorian thing by E.K. Johnston. You will be glad you did, especially if you sat through our last uh, episode on period pieces going, this is my shit. Because it's, yep. it's like a combo. It's speculative fiction with many of the storytelling sensibilities of a costume drama. 
Yes. Oh, most excellent. Okay. Yeah. When are we going to do like a, a Pacific Rim episode? Um, I mean, fucking. I was going to say a Mecha episode, but like I'm the only one who spoon. I think has other otherwise Mecha experience. So. <sighs> yeah. I. I mean, I will. I will freely admit that everything I know about Mecha is me watching Pacific Rim like a bazillion times. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, and you're valid. And, oh, and also uh, knowing the Shinji getting the robot joke, but not understanding. <laughs> what it means um fraser you have to get the robot or i'll be first to put niles in what have you not seen this fucking meme i'll have to find it for you no it's based off a particular scene in evangelion but instead it's the fucking guys from fraser oh my god oh anyway (laughs) that's that's a different episode we're talking yeah. about vampires <laughs> it's it's let's talk about some motherfucking vampires are vampires gay discuss. yes i didn't even wait for you discuss to say discuss yes <laughs> <laughs> nah of course vampires are gay they're like they are transgressive of social norms um in a way that is like includes like intimacy and bodily fluids they're gay <laughs> yeah um, and Case they are, closed. like, not... <laughs> well, never mind then. No, um, please keep talking. Say, <laughs> the, they're, um, they... I think they are inherently always a little queer-coded because of a few different things. Uh, one of them you said is they're fundamentally decadent. Like, they are always dressed to the goddamn nines. Um, yeah. They always are, like, very aware of, like, their presentation. And it makes sense because they're a charisma predator, basically. And therefore they have to be as appealing as possible. And something about that in our, like, weird, straight-ass society is like, ah, gay. Which is like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, they're they're gay. Um, They're so so emblematic of the sort of concept of, and danger of forbidden desire. mm Mm-hmm. Um, which, Um, like... They're also equal opportunity predators. Like, they will feed on men and women. Um, and because the feeding is so, like, inherently erotic, it's like, oh. That's, <laughs> okay. yeah, everybody, everybody just kind of gets flustered for a second. Yeah. <laughs> As they should, because vampire's hot. I feel like, it, also, there is this sort of funky thing that happens, and this is a very, like, American film-centric thing, but, um, we really like to have our, like, charismatic monsters be played by british people mm-hmm. um and i maintain and this is something that's like i don't know I, I i don't think i'm getting this from anywhere this is just like my like one of my like film observation convictions and it is that there is something sort of very 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 lightly queer coded about British villains in American film, which is that there's something where they're supposed, there's an element of them just being like less masculine somehow. And this is like, this is about dudes. Um, my apologies for this being dude centric, but like they're, they're somehow less masculine or like masculine in the wrong way. They're like not rugged or whatever the fuck. They're, like, very poised and, like, stiff upper lip and, like... Yeah. There's there's sort of a... This idea that, that authentic masculinity is somehow tied to 
like they're too a lot of times they're because especially a lot of times it's like kind of tall skinny guys with very posh accents mm-hmm. um yeah you and, don't have any fucking cockney villains running around no or you do if you have cockney villain if you have cockney like supernatural villains they're werewolves because werewolves yeah. are working class and vampires are uh posh yeah <laughs> and so it's like okay the sensibilities in in this like especially because the one of the sort of traditional overarching tropes of the vampire story is like woman in peril man save woman from sexual predator kind mm-hmm. of a thing and so you get mm-hmm. that plays very well with lots of other kinds of one just like straight up bigotry but not that's not really what i'm talking about here just like the idea that like that's like the ultimate masculine thing and so therefore you're centering the authentic masculinity in this landscape as tied to like a more like or like works with their like somebody who like works with their hands like man of action thing which is like more of a working class or middle class vibe uh, mm-hmm. set against the kind of like decadent and wealthy and powerful but kind of useless upper class mm-hmm. yeah they're not um like i said they're charisma predators more often yeah. than not and a lot of vampire mythos plays with the idea that they are also like inhumanly strong and inhumanly fast yeah um but that there's something very like foppish about the fact that they don't get you because they 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 fuck with your mind. They don't like they won't fight you or whatever. They won't. Uh, why won't a vampire just fucking punch me? <laughs> yeah, and it's like what because because he doesn't need to. He, he yeah. can he can make you walk right into there. Yeah, um, and you wouldn't be able to say no, and that's you know a very scary thing for a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. The co- the coercive aspect of of the vampire's power is definitely part of what's so scary, right? Right. Um, um, like and- I even I wouldn't be able to say no to being gay if it was a vampire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that 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 fear of like, oh man, I don't know. What if my like what what if my red blooded masculinity <laughs> like what what if I fail what my if masculinity Colin save? Turns me gay. <laughs> <laughs> Do, do we not all fail our heterosexuality save around uh, Colin Farrell? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Fright Night, to move into Fright Night, um, first of all, I like the way that vampires are portrayed in Fright Night. They're very, like, um, they're underground, like, cave dwellers, which is really interesting. They, like, sleep in the dirt. Nice. Um, oh, yeah, because there's definitely that, like, more than one scene where he's just, like, covered in dirt. And yeah, like the yelling scene at the very end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also the scene at the very end where like David Tennant is in the vampire pit, and they come out of the walls like the the packed dirt in the walls. Ah! And it's fucking gross. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> oh, I um, had forgotten about that scene. Oh, yeah, that scene is like one of the like that movie's not super scary. There's like two scenes back to back where his girlfriend goes full vampire, and her face morphs, and her mouth is like way too big, and there's way too many teeth, and it's like genuinely frightening yeah um and then david Tennant being th- gets thrown into the vampire pit right after and colin farrell chucks a pebble at his forehead and makes him bleed and then all the vampires just come wriggling out of the walls Ugh. like limbs first um god oh. that's so fucked up oh it's fucked up yeah and that's when you um that that movie has a very good sense of like vampires are our predator race mm-hmm 
Yeah. Um, and it's, it, which is like, I think is something that sometimes it gets missed in vampire mythology. And I like it so much because that's something that's so scary. Because we don't have really any natural predators, but. No, like we, for, we are, we are the apex predator. Except for vampires. Yeah. That is, that is our predator. Um, and we are also, in some ways, like, we are their ultimate predator, too, if, if, like, there's something, like, very, like, back and forth weird tension about it, and it's good. It is good. it's good. (laughs) It is, it is good as hell. Um, I think Fright Night, uh, plays a lot about the, like, one of the things that we like about vampires is that it does the thing where we get to take the thing that we're afraid of and make it less scary by being horny about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, for instance, Colin Farrell in that movie, fucking fairly scary, but also sexy as shit. Oh, he's slimy. You can he, feel he is. the, like, he's, like, evil as shit, and it comes off of in waves, and he's, like, gross about it. Um, like, he makes comments about his mom, and you're like, dude, gross. Oh, um, yeah. He, and also, he the is... entire time, you're like, God, you're so sexy, though. <laughs> he is He is your mom. He is the, like, you're, your, like, your mom's extremely dodgy new boyfriend with all of the, like, potentially scary connotations of that. But mm-hmm. also, he he's just so... He's just incredibly compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have this, that push and pull of, like, fear the 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 classic push and pull of fear and arousal that is like part of the hindbrain reason that we all like horror movies yeah um but i who usually do not like call do not like horror movies like it because it's call it feral <laughs> right exactly and um, it's a little plays bit a goofy. brooding evil villain very well oh yeah for sure um, at one point, they take him down by stubbing, like, one of those, like, retail- Not retail, sorry. I keep talking over you, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead! Um, at one point, they take him down by stabbing him with one of those, um, like, home rental signs. <laughs> yeah! Because it's a stake, because it's sharp, right? And they get him through the fuck- Like, the mom gets him through the back with one. Um, and, and yes, he does move around in a very scary way when he does that, but also he's skidding around like a turtle with a fucking sign through his back that says new home. Like, it's so fucking dumb. David Tennant walks around in leather a lot. He does. I think vampires are one of those things where, like, they can be scary and they may have, like, started out as kind of pure horror but because they've been sort of sent up and spoofed so many times, they are quite safe because you're, you're like, this is scary and unsettling, but also, like, in the back of your head, you have, like, what we do in the shadows reminding you yeah. that, like, it's just a story and also it's a bit ridiculous just generally. You know what I don't have on this whole fucking Google Doc, Maddie? What? Being human! I It's okay, I talked about being human very briefly. Okay, thank God. Um, We are gonna, you know what, I'm gonna table that because we are gonna do a whole ass episode on being human. So... Yes. I think if everybody's like, Ezra, who are you? Why haven't you talked about being human? It's because I'm like Just frantically cramming time. things back in my bag to be like, this is its whole own episode. Yeah. I will briefly say one of the things that I made a note of is one of the things I like about Fright Night is like the vampires looks like real cute and then they get like real fucked up. 
Um, oh yeah, like, which is a are, super they great are choice. Monsters, yeah. Um, and I'm like, I want more of that. The exception is being human was fine because like the monster was like inside them all along. Aiden Turner doesn't ever get like full like monster mode. But there's times where he's got blood smeared all over him, and he's got those, like, wild eyes on, and you're like, no, he's definitely not human, though. Yeah. One of the reasons I love being human is that, like, (sighs) there's all of these things that that are, it does, it uses all of the things that make vampires scary, and it uses a lot, you know, it plays with a lot of the things that make vampires uh, also kind of silly, but mm-hmm. it gets at another thing that most vampire media, I think, doesn't, which is that they're also a little bit pathetic. Yeah. Like, it, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, it kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. And they're all, you know, a lot of those people are just kind of stuck with it. Yeah. Which I I just sort of, it, it, it makes them, they're really, they're, they're powerful, but they're really not that powerful. And it's like, you know... So they have to put up with all of this shit and they don't even get, like, that. I have a lot of emotions about being human, which, like I said, I'm tabling for a future episode. I need to, like, desperately need to rewatch Being Human. Oh, yeah. way too long. My thing is, honestly, I have never watched the... I've only ever watched the first and second seasons of Being Human because I know what happens in the third season in terms of character dynamic changes. I will watch it eventually, but I know that it will not make me happy. It's very well done, but it's going to be very difficult for me to watch personally. And so I've been putting it off because season one of Being Human is like one of my comfort media things. Mm -hmm. Um, And the idea that it's just like, because it ends, it's like, it's like if you turn it off there, they're happy. Yes. And the like, next couple seasons are relatively <sighs> difficult. Yeah, and like, I don't know, sometimes I kind of just need them to the a, a, a vampire, a werewolf, and a ghost uh, living in the pink house at the end of the row, like, mm-hmm. to be happy. I just need yeah. them to be frozen like that. Yes, and they are. Yep. And no other seasons of the show will tell me any different, even though I did yep. enjoy the later seasons, too. Even, uh, yeah, me t- they're really well done. It's just like, ah... <laughs> I'll watch them with you, so at least Thank we can you. go through it together. I, I that that makes me feel good. I'm trying to think what are like some vampire stuff that I want to say. So obviously we have to talk about Twilight. I don't want yeah. to talk about Twilight that much. No, me I neither. I read all the fucking books. I saw one of the movies, uh, and I saw ten minutes of the first one on my birthday this year, and I was like, dude, I need to do this. Um, I've the read was the first book. Boring. Yeah, I read the first book. I watched the first movie. I remember reading the first book like after the hype had peaked. And then I, like, picked it up and I was like, fine. And then I was really mad because it wasn't good, but I couldn't stop reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think Twilight was weird for me because I had already... I'm, I am going to kind of segue into Buffy the Vampire Slayer for a second. Yeah, absolutely. Because Twilight came out at a point... Or I, like, read Twilight... Fairly, like, after I had binge-watched almost all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it was interesting because it was a natural segue because it, it it's kind of solidified the thing where part of me always thinks of vampire stuff as fundamentally teenager-related. 
-hmm. even though like it's not like there's nothing about and a lot of the other vampire media that i enjoy has fuck all to do with teenagers but there's like it's like there's like teenager vampires and then like adult vampires Mm -hmm. i mean which i guess is the same fucking thing as like goddamn um ween tolf (laughs) ween tolf teen wolf yeah it's it's a similar thing where it's like fucking which which for the record everybody no i have never watched teen wolf and no i'm never going to watch teen wolf yeah don't it's just i i did that for you lay and i did that for you yeah you did and and like i'm impressed and also jesus no gracias but so uh, fucking buffy the vampire slayer i started watching buffy the vampire slayer in 2008 like yeah, two thousand it was like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, which was funny because it was it was at, it was like exactly ten years after it had premiered. Um, I was lent the DVDs by a friend who I had just a massive horrible hang up crush on at the time. Um, and Buffy was one of the less bad things that I like forced myself to read because I thought that it would make him pay attention to me. Uh, um. I read the entirety of the graphic novel from hell, which no one needs to do. It's like a bazillion pages. It's not even that good. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm not bitter or anything. So, first of all, Buffy, uh, vampire design, good as hell. It it has a great, like, they look like monsters, and it doesn't take very much. But the way that the face shift works, I always thought was, like, really great. Um, because it, it, it emphasized how simultaneously like they could totally turn on a dime because it happened like immediately and also like because it was just the face it really emphasized how much they relied on the ability to blend in and and live amongst their prey which is a a very like you know, it, it, it was a sort of extension of the, like, 90s growing up, like, stranger danger thing, where this idea that, like, you can't trust the crowd because mm-hmm. anybody could be a predator. Yeah, yeah. And that really... I had not thought about that, but yeah. That sensibility is just everywhere in Buffy the Like, that is kind of, like, the underlying sensibility of Buffy. And then there's also... Like, the whole thing about Buffy is, especially, like, the- I'm mostly talking about the earlier seasons, and, like, I have never finished the last season of Buffy, because I just, like, genuinely stopped giving a shit. It's like Supernatural, it should have ended after season five, when they had written a satisfying finale, and then they were like, we want more Buffy, and I was like, but it sucks now! (laughs) But you shouldn't have- You shouldn't have done it! Musical episode aside- there are two episodes that are worth watching in season six. They are the musical episode and the one where everybody's memory gets wiped. There are zero episodes worth watching in season seven. There, I said it. (laughs) I don't like Buffy Spike. Like, direct your uh, hate mail to uh, snakepeople at the movies at gmail.com. I- Buffy Spike never did it for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's not even our email. (laughs) God damn it! I fucked up. <laughs> what the fuck is our email? Also, I get those emails. Don't send them to me. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I also don't think I would like Buffy's bike very much, but I've also haven't seen like any of the show, so 
I don't know. I don't know if I can even recommend it anymore. It was, Buffy was great for me because I watched it when I was in high school. Like, I started watching Buffy when I was a sophomore in high school. They were sophomores in high school. It it was, I I liked it in a way that I had not always, I never really had all that much enthusiasm for the, like, 80s Brat Pack teen films. Like, I liked them, but they Mm -hmm. were never really, like, super my thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas Buffy was like, I fucking loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And like, I also sort of, that that was one of the first times that I went looking for fan fiction for a show. Oh. And there was still a ton of, like Buffy had been a very intense and prolific fandom. Um, so I got to go back and read some just phenomenal work by actually like more than one person who is now like a fairly famous published author wild um dude i naomi novik's freaking buffy the vampire slayer fan i think it's naomi novik i'm pretty sure it's naomi novik shout out to naomi novik you're amazing i love uh the fucking dragon books (laughs) (laughs) um yeah anyway and like buffy was also it, it it for all its flaws there are lots also see above read joss whedon is a huge piece of shit which yeah. Not that many people knew at the time. Like, I didn't know that Joss Whedon was a piece of shit. And, like, it was 2008. My politics weren't all that developed. And now I look back at it and I'm like, Jesus age pooping Christ, this stuff is sexist a lot of the time. Or it's just this, like, bad. Um, and I could tell that some of it was, like, extremely skeevy. Especially, like, the later seasons. But at the time, it was a kind of... I felt accepted as a nerd who was a girl... Mm-hmm. Like it felt like it, it it was it was nerdy and like unabashedly dorky and really leaned into inside jokes and offbeat humor and stuff, but it didn't require you to like want to be a computer programmer or and play Magic the Gathering or something. Right. Yeah. It was it was just a different it was a different set of I had access to a different set of nerd credentials by being a Buffy fan that was really fun. And also, it's cool because the whole thing, especially with the early seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, is that it basically takes the Monster of the Week format and uses it to kind of explode and look at, like, magnify and examine the scary parts of being an adolescent. Mm -hmm. Like, Especially, and and the through line became the young character's relationship to vampires was a lot about teenage anxieties about sex. Which makes sense. Which is, which was considering really- Considering what vampires are. Yeah, considering they're vampires, and vampires are sort of inherently sexual. Like, there's a literal exchange of bodily fluids going on. Like, it's, it's just, that's like the baseline analysis. <laughs> Yeah, and and then as the characters got older and just, like, regular vampires became kind of just something that you unfortunately had to deal with, but they weren't really that scary, it was was also sort of just this, like, atmospheric, like, thing about, like, the grind of being alive and being an adult in a world where, like people who like like basically like society wants to suck the life out of you kind of just like and you go you know you do your own shit but you're always like constantly having to deal with that even when you have way bigger problems now yeah 
that's always the the low key vibe is there's minor danger and minor inconveniences just kind of always floating around and you yeah. deal with them all the time you know how to deal with them and you still have to deal with them yeah and it and it can make sense it just like can like interrupt you and, and it just doesn't it doesn't care about you like no matter how good at you are at stuff no matter how important you are all these things like you can still just get interrupted by like the regular kind of annoying shitty parts of life <laughs> fucking vampires <laughs> fucking vampires <laughs> So yeah, that's that's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I apologize to everyone who knew me when I was like 17 because the Buffy speak got me hard. <laughs> oh god. No, it's it's all right. Um I think it got a lot of people. You're, it did. I was so not alone. <laughs> the worst thing is fucking Joss Whedon get out of my head. I swear to god, I actually said shiny instead of, like, cool or something. Like, no. it's 2008, and I'm still no. obsessed with Firefly. I can't get it out of my head! Oh, bud. <laughs> if only I could save you. <sighs> I'm, I'm, go, I'm a I lost cause. Follow. Oh, I'm a lost cause. <laughs> um, Madeline wants to watch it, because I haven't seen... I've seen a few episodes of Buffy, um, but not many, and I watched them kind of when I was in my, like, early to mid-20s. Um, mm-hmm. I just, part of it is I just couldn't focus on fucking anything, so I was like, well, this was fun. Um, I don't think Helena has seen really any Buffy either, though I could be speaking out of turn. I don't think she has. Yeah, so Madeline wants to watch it with us very badly, because she has a very strong connection to it too, so I told oh, her nice. I'd give it, a, give it a go again, so we'll see kind of how I feel about it. Um, I just fucking love Anthony Stewart head, so I'll put up with oh. almost anything for him. <laughs> God, that's so true. So the the first season of Buffy is a little um it's a little hit or miss, so that can be kind of it takes it takes some commitment to get through the first season of Buffy, but if you have somebody to watch it with, it's really not as bad. Um and then fucking I imprinted on Giles like nobody's business. Um he's one of my fucking favorite characters. I love him. Um, and I love Anthony Stewart Head. There yep. it is. Man. Um, okay, so there's, so we talked about Twilight a little bit, Buffy, I don't know, what are, okay, oh, so, story time, when Ezra and I were in our, f- like, first year of friendship, I was like, I've never watched Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> and Ezra was like, neither have I? And we got our hands on a copy of it somehow, I don't remember how, we got our hands on a copy of it somehow, and sat down and watched it, and what <laughs> fucking followed was the wildest ride of either of our fucking lives because we had no preparation for what that movie was i had no clue what was gonna happen i've never interacted with any of her books um though i know a lot about like the like the fandom kind of section of how she's treated fans but I, I just had no preparation for what Interview with a Vampire was, and I haven't seen it since. I know, we went into that utterly blind. <laughs> I feel we like we just... kept, we didn't pause the movie, we kept stopping kind of and looking at each other and being like, what? <laughs> and then going back. Yep. <laughs> Talk about vampires are inherently gay. Boy, there's a lot going on in that movie. <laughs> Jesus. 
Ugh. I don't remember enough to make like a full commentary about it. Unfortunately, I remember like the it was it it had an interesting take on vampires, and that's really all I recall about it. Also, Tom Cruise is at his wildest. Oh they yeah, let that man go. That is one of my single favorite Tom Cruise performances of all time. Yeah. Um. It it's it's just fucking nutty. Like that's my primary thing that I remember about Interview with the Vampire is that it's just frankly kind of ape shit. Yeah. Um. And it just keeps getting weirder. Like the longer it keeps happening. Yeah. At the end, like the you think like by the end it would taper off. No, it doesn't. No, it just that, that last movie- scene of him driving off with the interviewer. And you're like, oh, the cycle continues? It's like, I was not fucking expecting that. I was like, what is happening? That movie just goes way harder than it frankly needs to. And, like, don't get me wrong, I have a great, like, I had a great time. But I just remember being like, literally, what in the ever-loving fuck did I just watch? Yeah. (laughs) God. (sighs) Interview with a fucking vampire. Yeah, uh, Antonio Banderas is in it, and he's great, as I recall. Oh, yeah, Antonio Banderas is phenomenal in that movie. I love him. I'm thinking about, like, flipping through other vampire media. I I haven't interacted a lot with a lot of different vampire media, simply because I've always been more interested in, like, werewolf stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm trying to think of, like, what is vampire? But, like, you know, I'm also a human who lives in society, and therefore I've interacted with a decent amount of vampire things. I'm just trying to think about what are, like, notable ones. I like the Castlevania animated series on Netflix. I think they should let Richard Armitage play a vampire. And he's a very good vampire hunter, but I think they should let him play a vampire. I watched the first season of Castle. I need to catch up. Like, I watched the first season of Castlevania, but I didn't go get around to watching the rest of it. I just remember oh, watching man, the first the episode. Oh, season is real good. Nice. Um, Like, right on the heels of my desperately unfortunate... um thing where i didn't actually like the hobbit movies that much but boy did i love richard armitage in the hobbit movies and so i'd watched him in all of these things where basically i had watched him in all of these things where there wasn't any cussing and then he like is introduced swearing a blue streak and i was like why is this kind of (laughs) hot because it is next question yeah there you go that's that's it that's my that's my fucking thoughts on on castlevania also it is really well done but it's like it's so gory it's it's almost too gory for me yeah uh the second season is also relatively gory i should watch it i will watch it with you if you yeah honestly yeah it's not that long so we might actually be able to pull that off there's eight episodes so the first season's four the second is eight it's still not very long oh no on like like my f- a flight up to Seattle and back or something. Um, oh yeah, that's pfft, that's totally doable. Well, maybe it, uh maybe longer than that. It doesn't matter. Anyway, this is a side note. They also so between the two of us, it's like they let Richard Armitage play like a vampire hunter who cusses a lot and like drinks too much, and then they also let Richard Armitage play Wolverine, and that's just like those two things are my absolute just like fucking weakest spot. I just can't believe that they did that to me. Anyway, <laughs> they, the, God, the anonymous they. Just the, yeah, the truth, truth in advertising. For us, you and I personally have read a bunch of the Dresden Files books, which they did do a TV series yep. on. Um, and it's garbage. It had one season, and I love that season, and it's not very good. <laughs> and I don't think they had any vampires in the, the TV show. 
Nope. Um, which is a bummer because the vampire mythos is really interesting in the Dresden Files. I do love the vampire mythos in the Dresden Files. It's it's really it, it's very complicated in a good way. Mm-hmm. There's like they have flavors of yeah, vampires, they have different, like sub races, and they all fucking hate each other. Oh yeah, there's like class. There's like class. There's like clan <laughs> politics. Um, yeah, between the three different like f- main families of these different kinds of vampires, um, which then play into the politics of like the wizard world and like the mortal world. Um, oh god, it's so good. My favorite character in those series is Thomas, who is one of the like. <sighs> I hate the Dresden Files because like, I'm about to f- say this sentence. So he's one of the sex vampires. <laughs> So there's there's like there's the there's the sex the, vampires who they, the, they, they feed, feed on, on emotions. emotions is the thing is like I think that um I think the black vampires can feed on flesh or do yeah so what it is it's so there's the ones who feed on emotions who are the white court who are like the most kind of quote unquote human um there's the red court ones who feed on blood. They are... also feed on fear, though. Yeah, they feed on fear and blood. And blood. Um, So they're sort of like the most traditional vampire ones, and then the black court ones are the most, like, animalistic, and they just straight up eat people, I think. Yeah, they're very, like, Nosferatu. They're, like, shambling. They're, like, ugh, they're awful. Um, And the red court, like, have, like, vampir- vampiric forms that they, like, they wear, like, a skin, basically. And it, like, shreds off, and they have, like, other grosser vampiric forms underneath. Yeah. And Thomas is a white court vampire. And I am love him. He's a fucking- he's delightful. Bisexual icon, Thomas Wraith. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, yeah, I just, like, I know that they'll never make us- I mentioned this to you before, but I know they'll never make another series of it, because the first one tanked. I don't think I'd really want them to unless they could do, like, a full-blown, like, five-season political drama. Because that's what Dresden Files ends up being, is it's both a Monster of the Week and a political drama in the later books. And, like, they're t- you just can't translate so much of the lore to a visual format. I think it's just too much. Oh, absolutely. But also means I will never see Thomas Wraith on screen. And it is agonizing to me. Um, and also, I think that will make a lot of the, like, like that's some of my favorite vampire lore, and it's very inaccessible, because there's so many fucking books you have to fucking read. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Pour one out for the Dresden Files, yep. basically. Yep. Yep. Boy. <sighs> what else do we want to talk about? I'm wrapping up with this wacky fucking post that I vaguely remember from Tumblr like 80 billion years ago, which I'm not sure. I'm in a like research methods class right now. So my brain is like, you have to cite your sources. And I'm like, I don't, I can't. (laughs) I don't even know if this person cited their, I don't know where this person got their fucking information anyway. But it was, it was a post which discussed the idea um, that the, fear element of both vampires and zombies has to do with like your politics or like with with certain political ideologies Mm -hmm. basically the idea is that the fear of zombies is like similar to the fear of communism 
a group of people who have had their individuality systematically removed becoming the horde. And so it's it much it, it has a lot to do with it borrows a lot from the sort of fear mongering that went on during the Cold War of like the faceless masses of of people subjugated by communism all like marching in unison towards the same like destructive ideal um and also like communism's like like the the idea that communism was like willing to cannibalize its own people kind of a thing mm-hmm. um and then the flip side of that being the fear of vampires being the fear of mysteriously powerful literal blood sucking capitalists <laughs> <laughs> The vampire is your boss. <laughs> Stake your boss. No, don't. I'm not no. allowed I'm not allowed to advocate for that on this podcast. <laughs> um but but so they because they are they're it they're very like singular, like they're they're not they don't often often part of the vampire mythos is that they don't operate well with others, like they're very individualistic. Their power is very hard to explain they often they can accumulate a lot of wealth because they live forever yeah vampires are old money they are about as old money as it gets they are they are old as fuck money um and they want to suck out your life and vibrancy and youth in order to keep themselves going. Mm-hmm. I would also say, um, aside from, like, the the political... Like, because I think that is a very good and interesting thing to consider. Um, I would also say there's something about vampires, too, that is, like, lose a loss of identity and a loss of control that zombies and vampires actually have a lot in common. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of monsters are about a loss of identity and a loss of control. Like werewolves, vampires, zombies, all of them share that key note and like you will become something that is not you anymore. Yeah, you you become subordinate to some other kind of destructive force. Whether right. it's it makes you into something that destroys it. It makes you need something that you can only acquire by violence. And also, like, vampires often have, a lot of the mythos is usually something involving um, a sire of some kind. What mm, is yeah. that if not a boss? <laughs> um, <laughs> but also, like, that is, it, it, it plays into the, like, there's um, someone who is bigger and stronger, more powerful than you, who has made you something you didn't necessarily want to be, and you must answer to them. Um, and so you also lose, like, your autonomy as a person, not only to, like, your bloodlust, but also to your sire, usually. Hell yeah. Stuff to think about. <laughs> think about it. Oh, I'm thinking about it. Think about it. God, I'd love to have, like, literally another vampire episode where we just talk about, like, not a specific movie, but just, like, the mythos of different monsters and, like, going into, like, where it came from and, like, what different things mean. Like, I want to analyze vampire myths. Oh, I mean, we can absolutely do more monster stories episodes. I would love to. I love uh, shocking no one. 
Um, I love horror. I love, like, monster. I love, like, the stories we tell. That's why I like movies. It's um, true. And, like, collective mythologies are of a high interest to me. So, like, vampires is right in that little Venn diagram there. Yeah. No, absolutely. Good shit. Good shit. Um, well, I think that's a good wrap-up for our segment of the episode. Yeah. Um, we haven't figured out a good way to transition to other halves <laughs> of episodes. Well, I'm, I'll just say, like, this is where I, uh, say goodbye, everybody. So, uh, have fun listening to Maddie and Helena, um, who will, without a doubt, go just on a Dracula deep dive, because it's them yes. and I love them. Yes. Yes. Um, if you want more Dracula deep dives, by the way, we just put up a, uh, our pilot episode on our Patreon, infin- uh, patreon.com forward slash infinity break. That is about the Van Helsing movie from 2004, 2003. I can um, never remember. Boy. Yeah. So if you liked this half and hopefully the next half of the episode, uh, that is also available. Go, go check out the the no longer lost pilot episode of Sneeple. Yes, episode zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, God. And I want to go back and listen to it so bad. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I started listening to it. It's, um, it's actually not as, it, we don't have mics yet, but other than that, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Oh, good. So. Oh, it's 2004. Just, I want to 2004. Check. Wonderful. I might watch it again soon. Anyway, um, without further ado, into the next segment. Hello, beloved listeners. This is Maddie. Um, So as you may have noticed, we're actually not transitioning into the next segment. Both of our segments ran a little bit long, so we decided instead of giving you one mega long episode, we are going to actually release the second half of this episode as episode 21 next week on Halloween. So you're going to get three straight weeks of Sneakball, basically. Uh, You're welcome. But because of that, you are just going to listen to my dulcet tones as I uh, carry out the end of this episode. And then next week, you will have Helena and I with episode 21 as we continue to talk about vampires. We talk a lot about Dracula. <laughs> Ezra was right. We talk about Dracula a lot. <laughs> but, you know, that's why you listen to the show, because we just talk about things that we love and we talk about them quite a lot. So without any further ado, uh, thank you for hanging out with us here on Steeple at the Movies from the Infinity Break Network. Check out infinitybreak.net for more awesome content and come hit us up on Twitter at people underscore sneak or shoot us an email at sneeple at the movies at gmail.com. Our amazing music was done by Johnny Ronaldo. You can find at Johnny Ronaldo on Twitter. Our snooper sazzy logo was designed by Bethany Luthold. Uh, check her out at bethanyluthold.wixsite.com. If you've got a subject you want to hear us talk about it, a movie you think we absolutely need to see, or a reminder of, like, any other vampire movies that we missed, because we missed quite a lot, I think. Please come say hello. Uh, also, we are, so this was episode 20. We're kind of approaching the quarter mark. I don't know. <laughs> um, we've gotten some some nice feedback, and I'm trying to be more active on the Twitter. But anything you could do to, to continue spreading the word, um, sharing the news with your friends, we would really love that. Also, like... Please, I would really love for you guys to talk back to us, too. I want to know, like, what are things you want us to do? What are things you love to see? What are subjects you want to hear us talk about? I always say that at the end of every episode, but I mean it every single time. So, um, 
yeah, that that's it. And as always, uh, thank you for listening and we'll see you at the movies.